Still trying to herd all those ducks into a nice neat row before you get started with your business or project? Maybe you've already started, but your fear is stopping you from up-leveling. Or maybe you've spent your life saying yes to everyone else, but committing to yourself is still on your to-do list. Hi, I'm Claire Barton, and I'm a recovering perfectionist too. Welcome to the show where I share simple, practical, and mindset tips to get you doing work you're passionate about, making the money you want, and spending your time and energy building your dream lifestyle. Hello, Recovering Perfectionists. It's Claire here, and I'm joined by the beautiful Suzanne Kulberg, who is a weight loss coach who doesn't do weigh-ins, and we're going to talk a bit more about that in a minute because I have some very exciting things to talk about with her. But welcome to the show, Suzanne. It's awesome to have you here finally. Thank you so much, Claire. So um, in a nutshell, Susan and I have known each other, I guess, for probably about a year and a half now, I reckon. And we met through the online business world and I was following your amazing weight release journey. And I think I um, stumbled upon you just as you were about to have um, some surgery and all that sort of thing. And I've always just found you so authentically amazing how you show up online and how you really trailblaze the way for um, all of us who are trying to do similar things in our lives. And I've certainly been working with you in a one-on-one capacity and in your amazing membership um, and through all of your free webinars and all that sort of thing and just lapping up pretty much everything that you ever say. So welcome and um, it's awesome to be able to have a chat with you today. Thank you. I'm so excited. tell me, tell us a little bit about you and your journey in, um, in all the things. I know you've got a vast and varied background as many of us do. Um, But tell us a bit about what's brought you into the online business world and and who you are and what you do. Awesome. Well, I I got to the business world in a roundabout way, as many of us have. Um, I actually have done so many things. (laughs) But what brought me here was I have two children. And when, when my youngest was, um, when I was looking at going back to work, it was very challenging to doing my day job because it was over an hour from where I lived and my husband was fly in, fly out. So a lot of the time it was just me. I had no family nearby. So I decided to do an online business. Um, I actually decided I wanted to do my business in weight. Even though I was still 150 kilos, I didn't obviously launch anything because I was like, oh, I feel a bit like a fraud. But I knew that this was going to be the time. Um, I, I knew I couldn't diet anymore. And I knew that I was really ready to um, see what was really going on. So not the calories in, calories out, tired stuff that, you know, worked well, motivated and then went out the window. So I started this like mindset full full weight journey. And initially I was like an executive assistant, did lots of um, behind the scenes stuff for people. Um, That was my first kind of foray. I just kind of fell into that with people that I knew. And then I was studying coaching while I was dropping the weight myself. Um, and then when I dropped about 50 kilos, so I've dropped 78, I actually tentatively launched my business, I had kind of a soft launch thing. And um, yeah, then I kind of all rolled from there. <laughs> I had no idea that that's how you got started. So that's awesome to, <laughs> awesome to know for me as well. Um, and look, I, I think one of the big things that people probably resonate with and that catches people's eye is that um, although you work with people to lose weight, for them to lose weight and that sort of thing, you always seem to call it weight release. And, and I remember the first time I ever heard you say, 
I'm releasing it. I don't want to lose it. I never want to find it again. It's not my car keys hidden behind the couch or something to that effect. I was like, that is so true. Maybe that's, you know, exactly what's going on. And, and I know you talk a lot about yo-yo dieting and what's actually happening behind the um, scales up, scales down, all that sort of thing. And so that's not your bag. And, you know, I was so dry. I've worked, you know, personally with so many people in that sort of space before. And they've always had like a magic formula that you, if you just follow this and if you just stick to these 25,000 points in my action plan, then you'll have the results. And it's like, ah, it's too hard, you know, and it never kind of worked. And I really liked the fact that you were like, I'm not going to tell you how to exercise. I'm not going to tell you what to, what to eat. I'm not going to tell you do or don't do surgery or whatever, all that sort of thing. And I think that was a real, you know, to my knowledge, there was no one else out there who was kind of doing that thing. And your point of difference was that you really helped people to stick with whatever it was that they already knew they were supposed to be doing or that was best for their body or that worked for their lifestyle and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's a really cool, uh, you know, to understand a bit about your background with coaching and all of that sort of thing. It's so obvious and it mix all, mixes all in to make this beautiful business of yours. So what we want to talk about today is um, habits because that's obviously a pretty center, like central point for changing things and for getting different results and um, all that sort of thing, whether you're talking about releasing weight or getting more organized in your business or parenting or you know goals and all of that sort of thing so I'm just going to hand over to you to give us you know the soapbox version of um, habits and how they work and why they work or why they don't work and how you know how what what are the best ways to kind of change some of those habits um, you know when you when you're trying to make well trying to affect big changes in your life as well yeah totally so I think we understand habits as an adult, um, we have habits that we formed like, you know, brushing our teeth or having a shower, all that sort of stuff. And those of us who are parents have a real first-hand look at how that's not necessarily ingrained. <laughs> I don't try and teach my four-year-old, yes, you need to brush your teeth every day. But now, like as an adult, that's something that I, I don't question. Like if for whatever reason you get into bed and you've forgotten, you're like, oh, I feel a bit fairy, you'll go and get out of bed and go and brush them. Like, it's just become that ingrained for you. And it's like you can do that with your health and your self-care and, um, you know, business consistency. I'm in your, your batch at program and you know, that batching, all these things. But when we go to try and make a change, most of us look at where we want to be. So we'll follow someone like, be like, oh, I want to I be Claire Barton. Like Barton in the back end is your joke. But if you currently have no system... <laughs> And no plan and you're suddenly comparing yourself to somebody who does it effortlessly without, without even thinking and that you, you want to be there, it's too big of a jump. And it's the same with um, somebody who has like uh, looks after their, um, their health. Not that you don't look after your health, I don't ever downplay. But like if you look at somebody who exercises every day, who's a runner and you currently don't run, like if you looked at say a marathon, you're like, you know that you're not going to go and run a marathon tomorrow. But, you know, so many of us will be like, well, I used to run 5K in high school or whatever, so I'm just going to go and force myself to do it. And we don't, we don't break it down into the really small things because we discount the power of something really small. Because say, for example, if you're not currently exercising at all, exercise is an easy example because a lot of people can relate to it. If you go, I'm going to go for a five-minute walk, you might be like, what's the point of that? It's not going to burn many calories. It's not really going to get my heart rate up. But it's not about the calorie burn or the heart rate. It's the habit of doing the behavior. So a lot of people I say, if you're currently doing nothing and you want to start exercising, choose a minimum baseline, which is usually five minutes, three days a week. It's not about 
the result. It's about the habit of behavior because five minutes is easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. You can be like, oh, I'll get to it later. Oh, this, oh, that. But the advantage of it is if you remember at eight o'clock at night, once the kids are in bed, you can walk for five minutes around the house. But ideally you would set a time. So like my walk time is after I drop the kids at the bus because I'm currently living in Tasmania and it's freezing. I actually prefer first thing in the morning, but going outside when it's minus something, I'm not that dedicated, you know, but it's like moving it around to suit you. And then once you're doing that consistently, that three days a week of five minutes, you can either add a day and make it four, or you can increase it to 10 minutes and to 15 minutes and to build it up. And it's like, it's instead of going this perfection crash, (laughs) it's recovering perfectionist um, podcast, but like, it's like if I, most people, if you say they're like, I need to do 45 minutes and it needs to be five days a week or it doesn't count. The five minutes that you do is so much better than the 45 minutes that you don't do. So it's like picking something really small, really sustainable and, and celebrating that you've done it and then increasing it. And then when life happens, you know, if, if kids get sick or the unexpected happens or you have to move into state, you know, which is coming up for me shortly, it's like back that down and make it less and make it something that's, you know, you're still having the consistency and then you can increase it again instead of going, oh, I can't do it, so I'm going to do nothing. I can't stress enough how much I love the five minutes that you did do is better than 45 minutes you didn't do because I think that's such a a game changer when you can kind of get your head around it. Um, And I'm a big fan. You know, I talk a lot about chunking down projects. Like if you've got a big thing that you want to do and it just feels overwhelming because from zero to hero is too much, that's exactly what it is. If you can break it down into small little bite-sized things you can do in 15, 20-minute increments or once a day or once a week or whatever it is and actually get some runs on the board. You know, I talk a lot about like pick that low-hanging fruit. If you're feeling in a funk, go and do some stuff that you know you can start and finish really quickly, even if it's just ticking off that micro task or that subtask under a bigger thing. Because, you you know, there's, um, I can't remember who said the quote, but there's someone who said that um, satisfaction comes from the, oh, what's the word, comes from basically from moving forward, from progress, not from the outcome. And I sat with that for a long time, just like, really? Like, do, do we really? And it's, so true, especially for perfectionists and probably especially for women and probably especially for women who are also entrepreneurs, that we get in this cycle of just striving. We're always going for the next thing. We tick something off, we go and do the next thing. Tick something off, go and do the next thing, whatever. And then when you're not ticking things off, you get demotivated and stressed out and overwhelmed and you go and polish the silverware slash eat something, right? Yes. So um, I think, you know, I, I couldn't agree more with the the whole idea of chunking things down and celebrating as well. So, you know, if you've if you've set a goal and it's realistic and you've actually stuck to it is so much, even if it is like you said, five minutes, three times a week and you get consistent and it becomes like brushing your teeth and it's not something you have to fret about and it gets to eight o'clock and you're like, oh shit, I've got to go for my 45 minute walk and the kids are already asleep, that sort of thing. And really beat yourself up about, but actually feeling like, Oh, I set a goal. It was realistic, you know, smart goals, all that sort of thing. I set a goal, I hit it. And now I feel good because I've actually progressed and I've actually ticked that off. And then, you know, moving on from there sort of thing. So yeah, I'm virtually high-fiving you on that one. Completely agree. (laughs) Just on that point, and I think that's a a big thing that, so a lot of people I talk to, they say, I wish I was as skinny as when I thought I was fat. So look back at pictures of when they dropped weight before or when they, before they had kids or after high school or whatever. And it, it leads into that, like ticking off the boxes when you achieve something really and this is i teach what i most need to know this is something i have to do too is to reflect and celebrate 
because what happens is it can kind of be almost like fool's gold. Like you're like, when I get to that weight, I'll feel this. Yeah. And then you don't stop or you don't really allow yourself to feel because you're always looking for the next goal and you're always striving. Mm. So outwardly you're successful, um, but inwardly you don't feel it. And so it's like taking that time to go, you know, like instead of downplaying it, like celebrate it and then allow yourself to celebrate more. Because if you're only focusing on the lack, when you get that thing, so when you've dropped the weight, because this is the whole, you know, I was skinny as when I thought I was fat, you look at the next thing that you're lacking and you, you focus purely on that. You're always in this lack cycle and nothing is ever enough. Whereas mm. if you're like, you know, virtual high five, I've done my five minutes and you're like really excited. What's the next thing I can do and celebrate and get the good hormones going rather than what's the next thing that's suboptimal and, you know, I'm always in this place of never enough. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. And so on the flip side, you know, I know myself and I'm sure a lot of other people, you know, you, you kind of can map over the course of 12 months or longer, you're super motivated. I had a really great week and I did all the things right. And then it's, there's a slump because you've obviously something's happened and you've beaten yourself up and you kind of, you know, go back into the bad habits. So is there, like, say if I wrote down all the things about my lifestyle and my looking after my body and all of that sort of thing that I wanted to change, I could ramble off 25 things off the top of my head. But if I sat down and did an actual list, there'd probably be hundreds. So what's the best way, do you think, to, um, to make, like, new habits? Is there a timeline of, like, picking one thing and sticking to that for a certain time and then picking another thing? Or can you grab a couple and sort of trying to make a few changes at the same time? Or what's the best way to sort of, you know, start doing some of those habit changes in your life? I think it's, it's a very difficult question to answer because everybody is different. So it's like listening to yourself. But what tends to happen is we're feeling pretty motivated. We want to make change, you know, like it's coming up to January 1 or it's coming up to spring as we're recording this. So it's like it's the time to make change. And when we're feeling motivated, it's easier to do stuff because we're feeling motivated. So we pick too many we go like, I'm going to, you know, say, for example, I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to drink less alcohol. I'm going to eat less chocolate. I'm going to start Zumba again. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to launch my business. Like, we're going to do all these things. And then once the motivation starts to wane and one of those things drops off, it's like we're juggling and we've dropped one ball. And then next thing, they're all on the ground and we think, oh, I have to wait till we're motivated again. So yeah. I think the power is in actually picking a small number of things. Um, and doing them really well. And if we've got that excess motivation on top, um, it's, it's, we don't have to necessarily use that because um, it's, it's not, as I say, it's not waiting for the other shoe to drop or whatever, but it's like getting on this stable vibration of, of these things are happening. And then, you know, when, if we're feeling good, we can do this extra, but not making it a have to so i'm probably not explaining this very well so what i'm thinking about is say your minimum baseline was five minute exercise three days a week if you're feeling motivated and you want to do an extra day or you want to do 10 minutes or whatever go for it but it doesn't mean just because i've done it now that's my new baseline your baseline still the other one because then when the tougher times come or you're feeling less motivated or at school holidays or whatever you're still meeting your goals yep yep awesome all right so stick to your baseline Get the bare minimum done. Do some extras if you want to. But when you do up level and go to the next thing, it's got to be a really conscious decision. Yes. And yeah. then like say, for example, you track your steps and I've done this with a few people. Like you're like, okay, I want to do 5,000 steps per day for 
August and this is where we're recording it and you're like oh every day I've exceeded that so September I'm going to go to 6,000 but then you're kind of starting to fall off mm. instead of going okay well maybe just lower it a little bit 5,500 do you know what I mean so like always incremental increase but if it's been too much instead of throwing the baby out with the bathwater and waiting till next month you can pick up again from any time like this is August 28th as we're recording this there's still three days left in this month we don't have to be like oh wait till September yeah. You can start today. <laughs> Such a good point. You and I have had many conversations about this on a personal level as well for me because I'm like, I'm definitely, a, oh, never mind. It's Monday lunchtime and I stuffed up, so I'll have to wait till next Monday. Or, you know, uh, you know, we're halfway through the month and I haven't tracked anything, so I'll just wait till next month. You know, we've had these conversations. And I love the fact that, you know, I talk a lot on this um, show and everywhere about giving yourself permission. And sometimes it does take someone else to say, I give you permission because you do feel like there's a bit of an accountability and, you know, sometimes you're sort of too far gone to actually see the forest for the trees for yourself and you need someone to say, get your shit together. It's okay to change the goalposts because we kind of get talked to so much about setting goals and, you know, you set a goal and you basically have to kill yourself until you get there. And if you don't get there, then you haven't reached it and you failed and then we do all the guilt stuff and all that sort of thing. But one thing I absolutely have appreciated and loved about working with you and I've seen you do it with other people as well is to go, okay, well, let's not beat ourselves up. Like have your little pity party over there and then come back in the room and let's see what we can actually change right now to get back on track right now, not in a week or a month or next month or whatever. Um, and I think that's a really pertinent um, lesson for all of us to learn across everything in business and in you know looking after our bodies and that sort of thing is that life happens and shit happens and our energy goes up and down and stuff you know hits us as a curveball and as sometimes you know sometimes it's because of bad planning sometimes it's because we set the goals wrong and sometimes it's just because who freaking knows and who freaking cares it just happened and let's move on with our lives kind of thing so I think you know having that um, you know, um, either someone to kind of bounce around those sort of ideas and someone who can kind of pull you back down to earth and be like, you know, give you a bit of a bitch slap of reality and say, let's just sort ourselves out guys. You know, maybe going, you know, to like, uh, you know, celebrating what you did last month or for the last, whatever it was. Um, and then you were like, right, well, I'm going to, you know, this is the new normal and I'll, I'll up, I'll make it double for the next month. And then obviously falling in a heap. Instead of going, oh, well, I failed, just go, just let's bring it back. Even bring it back to less than what the last one was, if that feels like it's something that consi that's sort of consistent so, or able to be consistent. So would you say that consistency and, and being able to do things in a consistent and sustainable manner is more important, like the process is more important than focusing on the outcomes? Oh, totally. So I could talk about that all day. Because <laughs> when we measure the outcome, like the weight on the scales or the number of dollars in our account from our business or whatever it is. That's the result of the process. Yeah. But so many of us only measure the outcomes. If you only stand on the scales every morning, um, it's kind of like, well, what did I do yesterday? Or what did I do last week? Or what, you know, and we we're really becoming only ever focused in, in, in on what we've just done. The scales are a reflection of your past choices and there's so many things that can, can change that result on a fluctuation day to day, hour to hour, you know, how much we've drunk, hormones, time of the month, bowel habits, salt intake, like so much. And it's like, and we're going to attach our self-worth to this number. Like I don't even own any scales anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I do. I use them to weigh my suitcase when I travel, but they're not <laughs> Literally, if I took a photo, they're in the top of my walk-in wardrobe at the back. Because I'm not letting a 
freaking piece of metal dictate how I feel about myself. It's mm. crap. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But when I do the things, go for the walks, drink the water, take the multivitamins, I know that they will bring the result on the scale. So why not track those? Mm. That seems like too much. Like um, a few people I've been talking to about recently, like they're like having the wobbles or they've fallen off the bandwagon. Like what's the best way to get back on? It's keeping evidence, you know, not evidence like court of law, but evidence of the decisions that you're making. So instead of going, standing on the scale, making that mean something, it's like, you know, if I normally would have eaten a block of chocolate, and I didn't write that down. Mm. Like if I went for a walk or I parked the car that bit further, like the thing we do in my group, we do a scavenger hunt um, for the month and we've got a bunch of items to tick off, which is fun. Like that's primarily, but the, the underlying thing, and I haven't told anyone in the group, so um, I'm kind of outing myself here, <laughs> but it's that celebration and that noticing of doing something. It's that evidence. So when you get to the end of the day or the end of the week and you're like, I've done nothing, I'm a failure. You can be like, hang on. I parked that bit further. I went for that walk for no reason. I, I sat through a binge, like the urge to binge without giving into it. I came to the group and shared when I was feeling isolated. These are all evidence of steps that I'm making. Mm. That's so much more powerful than a number on a scale or a size on a piece of clothing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And also more important than having written down the goal somewhere. Yes, the written you know down the I mean? goal that collects dust and you dig out when you're decluttering to move totally. home and go, wow. Yeah, awesome. exactly. And I talk about this a lot, like when, whether it's setting a business plan or setting some sort of goal, it's only as good as the steps that you're taking on a regular basis towards them. Like it's all well and good. We've all been guilty of setting a goal or a news resolution or setting a goal for how much money we're going to make in our business for the quarter or something like that. And sometimes you even get to the point of mapping out, you know, exactly what every day or every week looks like. And then we shut that book and we put it on the shelf and we don't remember it's there until next time we come around to do that process. Or next time we're like I said, decluttering, like, oh shit, I had a really good business plan for this year. Didn't I? Where did that go? Like after the first week, I forgot to even look at it or whatever it is. So, you know, I think, um, you know, the work that I've done with you in terms of tracking and so setting, you know, goals as the goals are the process. And I talk again, a lot about this in the business stuff as well. The goal can just be, doing your tracking, you know, that is enough. And if that's something that's going to help you um, get to the outcome, don't worry too much about the outcome. It will come eventually sort of thing, but even things like, like tracking. So, you know, we've done things together where we track how many, you know, I, I want to say this month, I want to drink a liter of water every day and only have three coffees. So every day I go, did I drink a liter of water? Nope. Okay. I'm going to the fridge and I'm going to drink that extra 500 mils. Did I only have three coffees? Yep. Cool. And I like you, you know, we do the coloring in things and it just feels like that's really beautiful. Whereas it's not going, um, and it's not, or it's usually not about lack. It's actually about adding things in and, and that sort of thing. So it's about things that actually feel um, easy. And if they're not feeling easy, then, you know, you're really great at helping us to kind of work out how to make them easy and make them fun and, um, and all that sort of thing. So, you know, process-driven people aren't a dirty word around here, which is really nice. <laughs> you know, you used to work in, pro in corporate and people were like, oh, they're so process-driven. I'm like, guilty. And now we yeah. know why. <laughs> yeah. Tracking is, tracking, studies have shown that tracking leads to long-term, you know, dropping weight and successful weight. But the thing is, sometimes we make the tracking, we know that tracking works while we do it but then we don't do it. And that's because if we make ourselves track every single thing that we eat, um, you know, it can be 
it can set us up to be like, am I tracking today? Am I an on day or am I off day? There's right. no on and off. There's just yeah. days. Yeah. But if you pick the habits that you want to track, mm. um, like you were talking about water and steps and no more than so many coffees and whatever, when they become ingrained, you can pick another habit and track that. And then when you're having off time, like, you know, the unexpected happens um, or there's a big thing that you weren't planning for, you can go back to your easier habits. It doesn't mean you failed. It just means that, you know, these, I, I like the horse racing analogy because I can see it in my head, not that I'm for horse racing, but like <laughs> if you have all your horses on the track and one of them slips back, they're not out of the race. You haven't been like, oh, that's it. You just kind of encourage them forward again. So if sure. your habit of drinking water has fallen by the wayside, spend a little bit of time and bring that horse back into the, the peloton. Mm. Now I've gone to bike riding. But <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's not, it's not, it's not gone. And it's the same with like exercise, exercise. Um, you know, if you, if you like, you, you have an injury or you have winter or you do less, it's like, bring that back in. It's not out because you didn't do it for a while. You haven't failed. It's no. only ever back, no failure. Oh, I love it. I feel so much better about everything right now. And I'm making a mental note of all the things that I want to start tracking again. And all the things that all, all my horses that are at the back of the peloton, or the horse race <laughs> or the track or whatever. They haven't made it through the gates this month. <laughs> awesome. All right. Look, I think we could talk about habits and changing habits till the cows come home. You and I are both obviously pretty passionate about chunking things down and all that sort of thing. Um, but can you give us your top, top takeaways, a couple of top takeaways for anyone who's listened, just to wrap all of that up. Like if you are um, trying to change something about your body or change your habits or change something about the outcomes in your business or whatever it is? What are your things that people can sort of start to do like literally right now while they're listening? Literally right now, adding things in rather than cutting stuff out. You mentioned that and that's something I talk a lot about because when we deprive ourselves, when we, um, when we take away things, it can be kind of like our inner child or our inner rebel or part of us is like, no, I want it. <laughs> and it starts a war. And we, we've all done it. We're like, I'm never going to have chocolate again. And the next thing you need deep in Tim Tams or maybe that's just... <laughs> um, but it's kind of like, okay, if I don't want Tim Tams, what do I actually want instead? You know, do I want some yogurt? Do I want a salad? Well, I'm, I'm a salad dodger. I still am. Sorry. It's not my... <laughs> but like, you know, what do I want instead? Um, you know, a good source of protein, some good fat, something like that, whatever, however that looks for you, have that first. So you're not saying that you can't have the Tim Tams because as soon as you say no, off goes inner child, inner rebel tantrum, you know, <laughs> have that thing first. Then if you still want the Tim Tams, have at it. And people freak out when I say this, like, oh my God, I'm going to get fatter. I'm going to eat everything. But there's, you know, if you're legitimately hungry and you have something nourishing, the, a lot of the time the desire for the other thing goes away or you have a lot less. You might have one Tim Tam instead of the entire packet. Do you know what I mean? Yep, yep. So adding things in rather than cutting things out. And the other thing is being frustrated, being upset, being not where you want to be, that's enough to spark you to want to make a change. But it's not enough to sustain it because, you know, being away from driven, it's, say, I don't like to use the term fat, but I used to call myself fat, but we'll go with it. If you're fat and then you're not fat anymore, what are you? You're just kind of sitting in this place. So then I'd go back to being fat again. And I was always fat or not fat, but I never actually looked to where I wanted to be. Mm. So like, look at, like, be like a GPS. Where are you now? And where do you want to go? And how can you take the steps towards that place 
rather than being in this, I want to get away from mode. I want to get away from being poor. I want to get away from being fat. Like away from is not a thing. It's not a destination. Where is it you actually want to be? Allow yourself to picture that because when you, what you focus on grows. Um, so if you're focusing on being fat, you're getting fatter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so allow yourself to dream and then just allow it, the small steps to take you there rather than being in this constantly away from phase. Oh, I love that. I've just got goosebumps like rippling all over my body right now. Away from is not a destination. I love it. I've actually had a conversation with someone recently-ish in the last couple of years where um, this is a, an acupuncturist friend, actually, a therapist, and, and for, I don't know, the 10th year in a row, I'd said, I've decided to move to insert exotic location around the world, wherever I was going. And he said, finally, what are you running away from? I was like, nothing. I want an adventure. He's like, that's not a destination. (laughs) (laughs) He knew, he knew that I was just trying to get away from something. Hence why I'm still in the same spot. So it was a really interesting um, conversation something that, yeah, I think hopefully hits home for everyone else as much as it has for me. So thank you so much, Sue. It's always awesome chatting with you. Um, I'm sure you will be lovingly stalked by everyone who's listened to this. So what's the best place for people to get in touch with you? Um, oh, my website is um, www.suzannekolberg.com. Um, I'm sure you'll put it in the notes because my surname's yeah. interesting spelling. <laughs> um, I get lots of variations of it. And my Facebook page um, has got, um, I, I love Facebook. I'm on there all the time. Um, you'll hear the ups and downs of my life. I'm very <laughs> oversharer. <laughs> And that's facebook.com forward slash Suzanne Colbert. Amazing. Thank you so much. All right. So, yes, all of those notes will be um, in the show notes and obviously all the links and that sort of thing as well. Check out Suzanne's um, membership and coaching programs and there's loads of different things going on. There's loads of different ways to work with her and so there should be because she's bloody awesome. So check her out. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, Suze. I'll talk to you real soon. Thanks. Bye.